0: Welcome to another episode of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast, where we interview top sellers and sales leaders to learn the different tips, tricks, and mental strategies that they use to create sustainable peak performance. Let's get rolling. How do you help teams when you work with folks? Like, what are some of the key psychological tactics or beliefs that you have to help them understand to really help them connect with buyers more effectively.
1: Yeah. And, and what I just shared, which is kind of the tip of the iceberg with the training that I do. And, and really what I talked about in, in the book, you mentioned selling with authentic persuasion is understanding that about the other person, because a lot of times in sales, especially with, Core sales training or basic sales training, a sales rep is said, okay, when they ask this question or raise this objection, hit them with this response and overcome it this way. But what nobody is really teaching, and I've never seen, is why? And not just like, why did they raise that objection about price? Well, because they want to save money or that. No, like, why is that the issue of the issue? And the key is, is when you're in sales and the teams that I work with and the training I do and the speaking that I do, it's about helping salespeople and organizations understand like, what are they up against? And it's literally the part I was just talking about, but the fear of change and, and not wanting to get kicked out of the tribe. That might sound silly, but I mean, I have clients that are selling B2B SaaS platforms and it might seem like, why do they need to know that? Well, the other person potentially buying it is a human and they have a lot more at stake because they also have their reputation within their company if they screw up. And so you have to understand those things. And once you do, then you're playing a completely different game because now you're addressing those things in advance, or you're building a sales process that then builds up the layers of trust such that when you get to the point where you tell them what they should be doing, they know that you care about them and that you're a professional and then they're going to follow you. <laughs>
0: I think there's a lot in there that I, I really enjoy. And it reminds me some of, I think when the challenger sale talked about how decisions are made much more by consensus. Now, nobody wants to be wrong back to the tribe. Uh, I see so much alignment there. And in, in technology sales, as I talked to a lot of people, I hear it's like, Oh yeah. People are like, yeah, you don't get fired for buying that platform. They're the number one in the industry. Right. So like, you're not going to lose your job for buying that. And so hearing that safety and security that we get from saying like, okay, cool. I know I'm not going to lose my job for this. Like this may not be what I really want to do, but it at least dissuades my fear enough to know that it's a safe enough decision, which is really fascinating Mm -hmm. to me.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing to keep in mind is that when those questions come up, when objections are raised, it's coming from somewhere. It's either a past experience where they've been burned dealing with some other gross salesperson who talked them into something, or they just bought something and made a mistake and it was all on them, but they don't want to look bad again. Uh, And then, you know, what is doing that? And like I wrote in uh, a Kindle book that I have, which is about overcoming objections. It's about understanding that and then how to respond to it in such a way that's not just the standard verbal vomiting of a monologue addressing the question, but like Trying to actually get to the root of it so that you can answer the real question or deal with the real cause of what they're afraid of. And it's understanding they're just afraid. That's it. It's not personal unless you suck, but otherwise they're just afraid.
0: And so, is that something I, I've tried to call that out with people in the past of like, what's the fear here? Or, yeah. or what are you afraid of? Like, I know change can be scary. And is that something that you? Like, dislike, what, what do you think about like
1: really just I, calling out, that out? I, I love calling it out. I think that language can be dangerous because I know enough people in my personal life. If, if I say the word, they're afraid of something or they're scared of something that triggers them. And this side, like either something happened in their childhood or something about, they don't want to look weak. So you have to be careful with that. Like, and and this is what I put in that, the ebook. And if anyone wants a copy, I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end, but I'm happy to send that out to anybody. Um, but one of the big things I call it's, I call it empathetic reversing. So a lot of times salespeople are taught, don't answer the question, just answer the question with a question instead of actually answering it. And so it's like, Oh, well, you know, how much is it going to cost? Well, why does it, you know, why do you want to know it? like, like they just like dancing instead of addressing it for me, when anyone raises a question, especially in certain categories, like, is there a contract? What's the fee going to be like? What's the implementation fee like in your world and, and, and things like that? Or, you know, business to consumer, like, how will this affect my credit? Then, you know, my response is this won't affect your credit negatively. But let me ask you, why is your credit important to you? Right? Because now I want to get to the heart of the matter. And when I used to help people who were in debt, they'd be like, well, I want to buy a house next year. So I want to make sure I don't do anything bad. Okay, perfect. Well, this doesn't hurt it. This will set you up by the time you're ready and blah, blah, blah. And then now my answer is specific for them, right? Let me ask you, like, why is an implementation fee important to you? Oh, well, I have a budget and all we can do is spend no more than $5,000 on implementation fees and I can get it approved right away okay, good to know. Now I can take it this way. I can go this way. I can do whatever I want. Or they might say, we paid a $5,000 implementation last year and I almost got fired for it. And we never pay implementation fees again. Okay. Now I know a different hill I've got to climb instead of just dumping crap on somebody in my response that I was taught or I have in this like talk track. Instead, now I can address it. Now we can have a conversation. And if I'm good, I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care what somebody else ruined for me. I I, I know I'm better, and but now I know what I'm up against. Hmm.
0: And so I heard a a sense of confidence from you just there. And and I know a lot of times that comes from experience, but how do you help folks when you're working with these teams, working, you know, I, I know you've mentioned doing work with like call centers and things of the sort where there may not be a lot of hyper confident individuals. How do you help them build that sense of confidence for when they are on the phones uh, or when they are engaging with a customer or prospect?
1: So I think it's a it's a couple things. One is, you know, like I uh, put in the, uh, in the book and really just the formula for authentic persuasion before we can even deal with the persuasion piece, which is everyone wants to know, how do you overcome this objection? What questions should I ask? Like, I I read this book and this, this challenger sale. So I want to try this, or I've, I've studied this other sale and I've done this. Like, how do I, how, what's the best way to ask for a sale? It's like, That's great. If you have a foundation, most people are missing the foundation like you talked about, which is why it's in that order, authenticity and then persuasion, because I can teach you, I can tell you, like even that objection handling, I can tell you all kinds of stuff like that, that will work 90 plus percent of the time for anybody. But if you don't know how to wield it or why you're doing it, it's not going to work. So the key for that confidence is The authentic part, which is why are you in sales? What do you want to accomplish for you? What are your goals? And then who are you? It's those strengths, right? For years in sales, I looked at what I thought was salespeople, which is why I didn't want to get into sales. And you know what you had to be—the charismatic, extrovert, outgoing, storytelling, schmoozing, happy hour person. And then I looked at me, right, and I was like, "Nope, that's not me. I'm going to go do something else." And so. Like I thought there was a thing, a formula. And then I realized, no, there's not. And that's, you know, there's some traits. I know that we are going to talk about that, you know, especially when it gets to the, the mental game and the mental health. I mean, it has a lot to do with understanding who you are and what you bring to the table and what those strengths are and how those are valuable. And not just for the right clients, but for every client and how to use that. And when you do that, then there's a confidence that comes with, Wait, I don't have to pretend to be like Joe just because Joe rings the bell all the time and he's on the top of the list. I could just be me and I can bring me to the table and now we're good. Right. So that's a huge part. That was a huge turning point, you know, in my career and working with salespeople where I realized, wait, you just do you. I'll work on that, but you bring you to the table. And people will appreciate it, especially when you stop trying to be fake and phony and try to be Wolf of Wall Street and sell me a pen and boiler room, like stop. Customers can detect that and it's gross and they don't want to buy from that person, right? They want to buy from you, the human. So I think that is like the main first important step for the confidence. Um, And then going back to like understanding why people are going to be afraid, like we talked about, because The thing is, is that again, most salespeople take it personal when someone says no, or raises a question or says, Hey, you know, that fee that sounds too high, or I don't pay implementation fees and they get scared and they get nervous instead of understanding a, that person's just afraid. And B, all I want to know is why once I know why I'll help them from there. That's it. That's great. I really like so many of those pieces. And I think there's
0: Ah, the foundation. Uh, people that listen to the show know that that is so critical as we talk about, yeah, we can have these wonderful closing tactics and cadences and things that we put together. But if you don't understand how you're doing, if you don't understand who you are, where you're good, where you've got opportunity to grow. It's really, really hard to use those things. It's thanks to help from listeners like you. This podcast can continue to grow and help others. If you found anything helpful in today's episode, please take a second, share with a friend and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast today. Thanks.